and welcome to Ride the Omnibus. I'm your host, Ariel Obeska, and I am happy to announce that we have just been named to the Top 40 Social Justice Podcasts by Feedspot. So, hey, but in other news... Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Maya Cozier, the director of a new film called She Paradise, the story of one woman in the Caribbean coming into her own through dance. I want to thank you so much for agreeing to do this interview with me. And I wanted to thank you for your film, She Paradise, which is really a stunning exploration of dance. I was just really impressed by the way that you integrated camera movement into the story in such a stunning way. Thank you. So first of all, how are you? I hope you're doing well in this weird, wacky world we live in at the moment. (laughs) I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's a very unusual time on a podcast is almost the only time I actually see people face to face anymore, but... (laughs) where are you where are you um located i'm in the washington dc area okay okay yeah but things are a little dicey here still in terms of the pandemic so right i was wondering where you're located at this point i'm in new york but i feel like it's the opposite experience i have to take the subway twice every day and i'm surrounded by so many people constantly um but yeah but it's um It's not as isolating, but it's still really like hectic. So I've been dealing with that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. At least New Yorkers are much more vaccinated than we are. And you can't be indoors unless you have proof of vaccination. So that makes a huge difference. It does. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you first about why you decided to take on this project of She Paradise. What inspired you to start it to begin with? It started from a conversation, actually, with a friend, Melina Brown. Um, She was raised in Florida, but is of Jamaican parentage. And similar to me, was really passionate about making work in the Caribbean, but also making work from a woman's point of view. And when we both graduated from film school in 2016, we, we just had, you know, conversations about possibly collaborating because she was a screenwriter. And I remember telling her about my experiences, you know, in Trinidad as a dancer. Um, Before I got into film, I worked as a dancer. I used to model carnival costumes. Carnival is one of our biggest celebrations every year. And I spent a lot of time in that entertainment space in front of the camera. Um, But what was really memorable about that time is, you know, the sisterhood that formed from that moment and how that informed my growth and still informs me to this day. And so it really just started from a conversation about telling a coming of age story from a woman's point of view set, you know, set in the Caribbean. And then from there, we just started having a lot of back and forth phone calls about the idea and developing the script. And in terms of the way that you explore dance within the film, how much did you explore that in your previous work before this film? My first film was actually about a dancer. I actually didn't know that I wanted to be a filmmaker. Um, When I I enrolled in art school, I 
um, had a background in painting um, and sculpture. And I was kind of interested in video art. Um, and I remember I took a course in documentary filmmaking and that was the first film that I made. And it was about my best friend who um, toured the U.S. with the Universal Circus as a limbo dancer. And I, you know, I went out to the circus and I spent a week with her, you know, staying in the hotels and going backstage in the trailers and you know, kind of being in that environment with all the performers with my camera. Um, I remember I shot it, I edited it myself. I did, you know, it was just like a one woman, very intimate kind of filmmaking experience. Um, but there was something about the the ability to tell a story that was so close to me and to be able to document something that was so intimate and meaningful that really excited me and from then on I you know I think I submitted it to my first film festival which was the Trinidad and Tobago Film Festival um and I got in and I just I from then I just you know decided I wanted to continue making films um and, and that's where I um put most of my focus my and then after that I made a a film that that wasn't about a dancer it was about a uh retired civil servant whose car gets mistaken for a taxi during rush hour in downtown Port of Spain. And it's, um, it stays mostly in a car, but I think what, what carries, even, even though I've made films that, that don't center on the dance world, what I find is that I've always been interested in, um, in interpersonal relationships and people and how they connect. And that seems to kind of have transferred um, from that film that I described about the taxi driver to, to She Paradise um, really kind of, I think what stays is, you know, beyond the dance is like that connection between the women and how they relate to each other and how, you know, those dynamics of power yeah. play, you know, within their sisterhood. And that relationship between Diamond and Sparkle in the film is really a fascinating relationship. I really was curious, is there this sense of sisterhood within the community where this was filmed? It seemed very genuine and very lived. Whose experience do you feel like informed it the most? Yours or your writer or the actors? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the dynamic of the sisterhood was definitely one that was very familiar to me. You know, that moment when I was 16, I was on a, a television show that was a Caribbean imitation of America's Best Dance Crew. And every week we would go on TV to, to come up with a new challenge. But within that sisterhood, even though there was so much growth and community from it, there were also a lot of tensions and there, were there was a unique dynamic in there that also, you know, created conflict. Um, but I think there's something about Diamond's kind of like more experienced, tough love energy towards Sparkle that, that kind of brings her out of her shell um, and allows her to be more, you know, assertive in who she is. Mm -hmm. And I, I do feel like there is, you know, I, I could almost think of our dynamic in the dance crew. There was always that, you know, person who called the shots or who decided what choreography we were doing or 
or what outfits we were wear. you know like there was always that kind of natural born leader um you know and I remember somebody describing Diamond as like a mob boss kind of <laughs> authoritative <laughs> figure in a way and then you know and then there's just there's Mika who's kind of the guardian angel the friendly supportive you know friend and it was just important for us to kind of capture all the nuances and the complexity of that of that dynamic. And you did such a marvelous job of capturing the individual characteristics in a loving kind of way. That was the thing. I think in a lot of films, Diamond would be portrayed in a very black and white, mm-hmm. oh, she's just a grasping business person as opposed mm-hmm. to who she comes across as, which is a beautiful advocate, actually, for her friends Mm -hmm. and the women that she feels she's really protecting. And so Mm -hmm. I really loved how that came through in the script. But I also just was blown away by exactly the kind of subtlety you treat all of the women with in terms of the cinematography and the composition of the shots. A lot of times the camera feels exploitative when filming dance sequences. And Mm -hmm. you yourself sort of confront the fact that it's a very sexualized thing for women to be dancing in the first place. But I wondered how you were able to achieve a lot of those shots that are simultaneously so gentle with the characters, as well as looking at them as figures of entertainment. Mm -hmm. How did that dynamic work for you? That's a really interesting question. I mean, I think having been on the other side of the lens and, you know, within the entertainment space, um, you know, it's always like two different experiences. One, how you feel as the performer or the dancer, and then how someone else perceives you from the outside looking at you. And oftentimes when I found myself especially when I was modeling went from the camera like I never really even though some from the outside some of the dancing or even poses may have seen seem to be sexualized I never really saw myself you know that way it's like I'm just existing you know I'm not thinking about how I'm being looked at or perceived and I think I I don't I don't know if it was um I think it was just natural to to sort of be on the other side of the lens and to and to look look at you know them without that overly objectifying or like sexualized gaze but to be able to kind of connect with their kind of um physicality as they move and as they express themselves and it's so beautiful the way that it comes through but i also wondered what it is like for you as a black woman to kind of take your own narratives and make sure that they are put forward specifically in a way that's so important right now in making sure that people are looking in the way that you want them to look at your story and your characters. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, especially when we were writing this, it was just important that, you know, we humanize the experience. I think a lot of times, you know, dancers and people in that entertainment space are just kind of seen as background and they're usually, you know, they often even used, as narrative devices and so it was just kind of important especially black women like we've seen so many films where they're just kind of like the butt of a joke you know and it's like it was just so important to add humanity and add subjectivity to people who are usually just put in the background um and I think rooting it in Sparkle's subjectivity and her point of view was just 
really important. Yeah. Also, in terms of the way that you think about stories that come out of the Caribbean, there haven't been a whole lot of stories that have made it into major studio systems from the Caribbean. And so I wondered, what do you see as being the most important takeaways for people as they see this film and are thinking through stereotypes? Yeah, I mean, it's tricky because as, you know, as artists, especially as Caribbean artists, like as Black artists, we feel like, you know, we have this um, responsibility to dismantle certain stereotypes and portrayals. And I think, you know, to answer to answer your question, honestly, I think, you know, we kind of wanted to present a story as honestly as possible. And I think that meant that some of the characters, even though we want to have nuances and, and make sure that they're fully rounded, like they also have flaws and they're also not perfect. Um, you know, and there's that moment where Diamond even, you know, slut shames one of her friends and tells yeah. her, but he went into her bedroom, you know, and it's like, you know, so I think, you know, thinking of the audience's takeaway from it, it's like, we didn't really set out to, to tell a moral tale and to say, this is how, you know, we think you should live or the decisions you make, but we just really wanted to kind of capture feeling and, and the essence of life in that space and, and present it and hope that 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 can sort of lead to interesting conversations, but really just presented with a kind of a raw honesty. And it is a very raw film in a lot of ways. And so I was just very curious about how it is that you also settled on the lead actress who has to go through so much raw expression in the film. What was that casting process like? Uh, yeah, um, casting Onessa, I mean, I think, you know, we just... I feel like I got really lucky with that, um, with finding her. I, I remember I found her for the short, actually. I did a casting call and, you know, she showed up for the short. But she was just always, like, so open-minded and easy to work with. But she just captured this natural essence of the character that I saw on page, you know. And it was just so exciting to have her walk into the room and embody everything that I envisioned because she just has this like very calm um, energy and even when the camera is around her and she has lights and makeup and camera and everything is on her she still kind of keeps this really calm energy that was just so like magnetic but I think I did explore a lot of other options for a long time like you know over months I would audition multiple people and then I just went full circle and I went straight back to her. So she was just really like one of the one. She was there from the short and she um, I just feel lucky that I found her so like, you know, early and so quickly because it was a long search after that. that you know, led to nothing. <laughs> um, yeah. But her performance is remarkable. And then in addition to that, I was blown away by the whole ensemble. And so I imagine that casting that must have been very tricky to try and figure out exactly who fits where in the line of dancers. Yeah, because, I mean, they were put together for the film. You know, it wasn't like a group of women that knew each other before. But I do feel really lucky that they all child really instantly. And we had a long process of rehearsing, you know, over, I think maybe over a 
like a month and a half before we shot where we would just do table reads and read out read some of the scenes aloud and practice you know and rehearse with the camera so that they could get very comfortable being you know with the idea of filming um and the you know the dynamic was just so effortless between them every rehearsal it was just like everyone was joking and laughing and like you know and um and finding that group yeah we had to use unconventional methods uh, you know there's, there aren't a lot of actors in Trinidad that you could choose from so Mika I actually reached out to on Instagram and asked her you know <laughs> do you want to be in a movie <laughs> um and uh Shan the, the woman who plays Shan is someone I went to high school with so she didn't really audition I just I, I knew she would be a perfect fit for the role and and then Diamond the woman who plays Diamond audition so it was a mixture of auditions like you know reaching out to people on Instagram people I knew when they all came together it just gelled really beautifully so I feel lucky in that way and there's such a beautiful ensemble with the lighting and the makeup and the dancing. And it's really an incredible film, but not just for the aesthetic reasons, obviously, because it does have a lot of heart. And I want to thank you so much for your time and for this generous work. Thank you. Thank you. I wish you all the continued success I'm sure you're going to have as this goes around the world very soon thanks thanks for taking the time to watch the film i'm glad you enjoyed it and thanks for talking to me before you go did you know that we're presenting at south by southwest rabia and i will be talking about crafting a culture of accessibility in the film and tv industry please stay tuned and we will share more about what's going on in austin Thank you for listening, and thank you for taking a moment right now to reflect with me on the history of the land you are listening on now. Whether you are stuck in traffic or sitting in your office chair, take the time to look up whose traditional lands you are on now and what treaties govern those territories. I record this podcast on the site of lands stolen from the Manahoac people. I am grateful to work on this land and I acknowledge that we need to protect and honor the history of the indigenous people from other tribal nations that have made innumerable contributions around the world. I share this in the hope that my listeners may join me in honoring our past, present, and future. Without this land, this earth, and each other, we are nothing. Before I go, please take 30 seconds now to leave us a five-star review by clicking on support the show in the show notes. We don't want your money. We want your words. A simple RTO rocks my socks expands our reach and helps us keep bringing you great content and connect with us on Instagram and Twitter, where we are at omnibus ride. You can also visit our website, omnibusride.com, where you can go to dive deeper into our content and learn more about the show. A special thank you to our amazing editor, William Das. We truly couldn't do what we do without him or Danielle. Be well, be safe, and keep in touch.